0: Tandem Nomads, episode 22. I mean, that negative voice inside of us, it, it needs it needs to be given a chance to speak sometimes and to realize that you're not alone in some of these negative feelings. And sometimes just that, putting it out there and sharing it and then hearing feedback from other expats that they also experience those same feelings, sometimes that's enough to just to, to lift the weight off of your shoulders and to feel better.
1: Welcome to Tandem Nomads, where inspiring expat partners from around the world share with you how they turn the challenges of relocation into great opportunities. So are you following your partner abroad for his or her career? Then Tandem Nomads is the place for you. Go to tandemnomads.com and sign up for the newsletter. Hello Nomad Nation, this is Emel, De Regi, and attention grumpy expats, this is Atul and Grump. The beautiful voice that you just heard is the voice of our guest today, Alison Trainer. Alison, are you ready for the ride? I am. As you have heard, Alison is a talented soprano, a singing actress. She has been performing in various operas in the US and Switzerland. She's also a trained dancer and a certified yoga instructor. Uh, Alison comes from the U.S. and lives in Switzerland where she joined her husband and started a family. I invited her to join us today as she's the founder of a Facebook group called Grumpy Expat that I found absolutely fascinating and that counts over 2,000 members. Before we explain what this group is all about and discuss how grumpy we can be when we live abroad, (laughs) could you please, Alison, tell us a little bit more about you and how you became an expat in Switzerland?
0: Sure. Well, I had been living in New York for about 10 years and singing opera professionally. Um, and several of the companies that I was working for in America went bankrupt after 2008. And so it became harder and harder to to find enough work. And uh, I thought I would give Europe a try. And I sang a lot of auditions in Europe. And then uh, I landed a job in Switzerland, of all places, in St. Gallen, Switzerland. And I came here by myself. I hadn't met my husband yet. And uh, I met him about six months after I arrived. And so at the Teatro St. Gallen, I was singing uh, principal roles in all different kinds of operas and operettas and musicals and singing lots of concerts. Um, And then very quickly met my husband and very quickly had two babies. And so it's been a bit of a whirlwind.
1: Wow. You went there to get a job and you found a husband and had two kids.
0: (laughs) So really- definitely not part of my plan, but that's how it worked out. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. What a beautiful story. So tell us, how did you get to create this group? I mean, seriously.
0: Well, to be honest, it was actually started as kind of a joke. Um, I, I complain quite a bit to my husband about Switzerland, and he's Swiss. And I have to give him a lot of credit. He's a really good sport. He hears me complaining a lot. Um, but sometimes I really go over the top with it. I can get very angry and frustrated and nasty about, you know, the challenges I find as an expat in Switzerland. And so one morning I was kind of joking with him and I thought, oh, maybe I should create create a Facebook group, you know, called Bitchy Expat, you know, and we were just giggling over that. And then I thought, well, how about Angry Expat? And I thought, well, that sounds too angry. <laughs> so we came up with Grumpy Expat and it, it's, it's really meant to be kind of tongue in cheek, you know, because it's not black and white, we all have things we love about being expats and we have things that we hate about being an expat and um, you know we just we need to f- have a safe space to complain <laughs> without feeling like we're burdening our partners or burdening you know our friends or our colleagues um, or without you know insulting, the local people, because that can be sensitive also.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I was very impressed. I know that, you know, the whole point of Tandem Nomads is actually the positivity. It's how mm-hmm. to turn challenges into opportunities. And mm-hmm. by nature, I would have never gone to such a group like Grumpy Expat. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah. something for me, because I've been somehow very imp- influenced by the American culture where complaining is a no-go you know you never say i can't you never say oh no you know and i think it's a great way to raise kids to like really um you know try to f- find the best in every situation, even the challenging ones. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, But at the same time, the more I, I was reading the post, the more I was like, actually, this is not just only about grumping, first of all, it's about supporting each other. You know, yes. uh, it's, it's more than just being grumpy. It's about, OK, I, I feel frustrated and I have a safe space where I'm not hurting anybody or I can just get all that negativity out, but then suddenly reflect about it and then realize that everything's fine.
0: Absolutely. I mean that negative voice inside of us, it it needs it needs to be given a chance to speak sometimes. And uh and it's also really it helps you feel less lonely because you realize you know there's nothing wrong with you for feeling the way you feel. Lots of expats feel that way and it's incredibly comforting to realize that you're not alone in some of these negative feelings. And sometimes just that, just that alone, just putting it out there and sharing it and then hearing feedback from other expats that they also experience those same feelings, sometimes that's enough to just to, to lift the weight off of your shoulders and to feel better, you know. Definitely. And and also to see the humor in your situation and maybe to help find solutions to your situation. Um, but without that sort of shaming sense that, that expats often feel they receive from locals, for example, if you complain To somebody who's Swiss, you know, if you're living in Switzerland, they might say, Well, if you don't like it, just go home. Mm. And we all know that it's not that simple. It's not that black and white. Mm. Um, You know, we may love many things about being an expat, but really struggle with a few aspects of the lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And some of us may not be able to go home, whether because our home country may be in chaos or. Um, for financial reasons or family reasons, it's it's not always a question of being able to just drop everything and go home. So there needs to be a place where, where people can speak openly about their experiences and not feel like they're going to be shamed for it.
1: Mm-hmm. But some people are even grumpy about what happens back home, actually. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Absolutely. so it's, it's it's not only about shaming the expat, the host country. I like to say the host country. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. also about, you know, saying what frustrates in general in the world, in the situation, yes. Yes. Of our world today, politics—very um, mm-hmm. interesting. There's a huge diversity, but main of it, the main part of it is, I guess, I think at the end of the day, when I when I when I read all these great posts, I realize it has a lot to do also with adapting to a new culture and Absolutely. the culture shock, you know. And there yes. reason- is
0: yes, and it, the <laughs> thing is, it's these are little things, yeah. but it's amazing how how much small things like that can unnerve you when you're. When you're you know, trying to adapt to a new culture, mm. it, you'd think it's little, but it's not little when, when you're you know, adding it all up in your daily routine and, and these little things can really frustrate you or confuse you. Mm. And it is, it's good to just be able to, to laugh about it and keep it in perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely. So according to you, how grumpy can we be as an expat?
0: Oh, <laughs> incredibly, incredible. I mean, we've actually had some challenges. Um, it seems to have calmed down quite a bit. But we've had some challenges over the months with you know people trolling and or people shaming each other for being negative when we know that's a big no-no in Grumpy Expat. You're not allowed to shame someone for venting their negative feelings. Um, and we've also had some challenges when big political issues have come up mm. and people are very emotional and very passionate and sometimes can start to lose their sense of respect for themselves and the other people in the group. But I have to say, in general, we've always gotten back on track. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of people involved are really wonderful people with great intentions. And uh, it's such a diverse group. You know, it's really amazing. But everybody has their challenges. And for some people, I would say, especially for people who don't really feel in control of their lives. You know, people who are living somewhere because they feel they have to, for whatever reason, those tend to be the people that faced the darkest feelings Mm. and, and, you know, there's a lot of depression. There's a lot of expat depression. I mean, if you just Google expat depression, you'll come up with Definitely. all kinds of things. Um, and and people get very bitter and very frustrated. Hmm. So I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that this has been a source of support for a lot of people. I and mean, that's exactly what my intention was. And I'm really really grateful and happy to see that it's helping some people.
1: It just it's it's really amazing. And I like the fact that you mentioned this depression. And I think there's a lot of people who when I've been also feeling very depressed many times in my life and mm-hmm. it does bring a lot of negativity. And once we get it out somehow, first of mm-hmm. all, I feel mm-hmm. that it's easy because we do it in a safe place where we yes. know we're not hurting anybody. Yes. And if if we are pushing it, there are people there who will tell you, listen, you know, there's another way to see it. Yes. And this is yes. what I loved about it. I mean, it's, yes. it's not black or white, oh, everybody's bad. and right. And it's, it's not only about bashing, but it's also about, you know, compensating our feelings and I like and there's a real like uh how to say there are a lot of um very intense debates and true debates Uh and Uh and this is also what I like it's very authentic in a way yes yes but um but have you do you have a a rule of conduct don't you
0: yes we have quite a few rules and actually that I did not begin with that I I learned that rules were necessary you know and by about six months into the process that we had a Code of conduct, but that was a learning, that was a steep learning curve for me. (laughs) Because it didn't even occur to me in the beginning, and then I quickly found out that you really have to spell things out and make things clear. Also, so that if you need to remove somebody, you have a premise. You have clear reasoning that you can explain to them. Mm, Very good. Um, So what are the rules? Well... Basically, you know, the, I think one of the first rules is is not to shame anyone and not to try to tell somebody to leave the country if they're not happy. You know, those kinds of that kind of commenting is not really welcome in the group. Uh-huh. Um, another rule is, you know, if you don't have something constructive or kind or empathetic to say, you should probably just move on from the thread, and rather than you know commenting and, and insisting on an argument everywhere. Uh-huh. Um, you have to be an expat, for example. We've had some some people trying to join who were not expats. <laughs> uh, we've had spouses, for example, and girlfriends and boyfriends trying to join, but you absolutely must be an expat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we try, you know, one of the rules is to avoid uh, aggressively political or religious discussions. Mm-hmm. Now, we certainly do veer in that direction sometimes. For example, the refugee crisis. Mm-hmm. It's kind of impossible that, for that not to be brought up in some way when you're living in the middle of Europe and we have lots of expats living in Germany right now and we have some expats living in Turkey. And so, of course, this is going to come up. And I don't really think there's anything wrong with people talking about it. And, in fact, we've had uh, people organizing donations and organizing um, projects to help the refugees through Grumpy Expat. So this can be a very good thing. But at the same time, we want to keep it from getting too heated and too personal um, and
1: too angry. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And I'm sure that, I mean, it's it's not that easy to be able to, like, create such a huge group. It's like more than 2,000 members.
0: It's it's huge. (laughs) Well, I had no idea that would happen. I mean, it happened almost overnight. (laughs) It did? Oh, yes. I mean, I think I started it last January. and. It's funny, I had, you know, it was the beginning of a new year and I had all these goals and my, my kids were in, in the daycare. So I had a day to go through my to do list and I created the page. And then I meant to get onto the rest of my to do list for the day. But one by one, I just watched people joining the group. And I think by the end of the day, it was 800 people.
1: Wow. How did you get to promote it? I mean, how did the people know about your group?
0: I, I didn't really, pro- I mean, I, I listed it on a couple of expat pages. Um, That I know of from from Switzerland, Mm -hmm. and I invited some of my local friends who I know are expats, and and then it just kind of exploded. (sighs) Uh, (laughs) And what really thrilled me is is you know of course it's a little bit Switzerland heavy because I I know so many people in Switzerland, but I also really really love that there are English speaking expats living in Tokyo and Saudi Arabia and all over the world, and that's. It's so interesting for us to be able to read their posts and to chat with them about what they're
1: experiencing. It's absolutely amazing. I'm as, I'm pretty sure that this this group now is must be attracting some people who want to do business now and with expats. So how are you making sure that doesn't happen?
0: Well, I'm not making sure it doesn't happen, but I, you know, actually um in the beginning when it when it took off so quickly, several people approached me and said, "Hey, this could be a big money maker. There's all kinds of things you could do with this and And, you know, that was never really my intent. I I did not want this to be anything involving money, and I'm very careful about the advertising that I allow on the page. Um, I really only want people to advertise something if it's something that they're offering personally that they believe would benefit expats, and that's why I have everybody approve Anything they're posting regarding advertising, they have to check it out with me first. Mm -hmm. Um, And then about once a month, I'll have a free advertising day where everybody can advertise their goods and services on on that day to, you know, what they have to offer other expats. Um, Because, of course, I want to support people's interests and people's own personal businesses as expats, but I don't want it to turn into a page that's full of advertisements. and, uh, And also for me it's very important that this be uh, 100% non-profit as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, that's wonderful. That's really great that you still resist and you're not tempted. <laughs> you could I'm have really,
0: been. No, I'm really not. I'm not tempted at all. Um, there's There are plenty of other ways to make money in the world. and this. I really just want this group to be about people making connections.
1: Wonderful. That's great. And So t- tell me more about now your experience. What was so frustrating for you when you moved that – pushed you to create a place to, to be able to be grumpy?
0: <laughs> well, you know, before to be honest, before I had children, I really wasn't grumpy. Uh, you know, I came here for an amazing job. I had been traveling around the world as an opera singer as a freelancer, which is very exciting, but also very stressful. You know, you're constantly in different places and you are constantly in between jobs. and And so when I came to Switzerland, I had a fixed job in an opera house where I got to debut all kinds of dream roles that I'd always wanted to sing and I got to sleep in the same bed every night. So I didn't really have much to complain about. Plus my best friend was also a singer at the house. And, um, and then I met this sweet, wonderful man and and he took me all over Switzerland and we went hiking in the mountains and it never, never occurred to me that I might stay in Switzerland. That literally didn't, didn't occur to me. And it was only later when the prospect of staying appeared that I then began to feel really stuck and really frustrated. Mm. And, you know, nothing makes you feel more nostalgic than having a baby because you miss your family, you miss your friends, you miss the comforts and the, the conveniences of home. Um, when I gave birth, I, I gave birth alone. In, mm. <laughs> I, I moved to my husband's suburb of Zurich, and I didn't know anybody there. And I had a very difficult birth, followed by some really tough postpartum depression. The family of my husband did not help me at all. I mean, literally, they would come to my house and sit on the couch and tell me how skinny my baby was and not even pour me a cup of tea. It was, it was appalling, <laughs> frankly. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the only people that, that really did anything were a couple of expats that I had been writing to on um, this group called Switzerland's English moms and moms to be. And I had, you know, one wonderful woman brought me over all different kinds of bottles that I could try and soup. And then another woman literally brought me a freezer full of homemade food mm-hmm. for my family. And, and that, you know, that's the kind of kindness that you miss from, from American culture mm-hmm. where people will show up at your door and say, you take a nap, I'll hold the baby, you know? Yeah. And so it was just so profoundly lonely to go through this experience in a suburb where I couldn't even walk down the street and get a cup of coffee. It was so isolated, and, and people were not helpful at all. And so that kind of began, began my frustrations with, with Switzerland. And also, I just missed so much from home. You know, I started when you have children, you start thinking about what you want for your children how you want your children to feel, what opportunities you want your children to have. And I had a pretty incredible childhood. I mean, I grew up in San Diego, California. Everybody had a pool in their backyard. Everybody walked to school together. It was a very casual lifestyle. And, you know, I had all kinds of crazy extracurricular activities, you know, dance and music and gymnastics and diving and skiing. And I mean, it was everything. It was wonderful. And you start wondering, is my child going to be able to have all those things here? And, um, you start thinking, wondering about diversity, for example, I really want my children to be exposed to racial and religious and cultural diversity. And so I started worrying, well, is Eastern Switzerland too homogenous and too conservative? And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, that kind of began, began my challenges with Switzerland. Um, the truth is it's a phenomenal country with so many beautiful things and, Now, I'm afraid I'm in that kind of middle place where most expats find themselves, which is that they love certain things about their expat country and they love certain things about their home country. And they're literally writing lists of pros and cons, trying to figure out, you know, which is where they should live (laughs) as a family. (laughs) And I'm really struggling with it because my heart is absolutely in the United States, no question. Hmm. But. There are many things about Switzerland that are so uh, amazing.
1: What do you love about it?
0: Well, I love I mean, depending upon where you live, but I I live right in the heart of Zurich, and I love the trams and the buses. They're they're perfect. They're flawless, clean, on time. I mean, it's really remarkable. Mm. And I love the cleanliness. Um, I love the reliability of things uh i love the yogurt <laughs> <laughs> i was making a list the other day of things that i would miss and it's a very small list but it includes yogurt and um the starbucks cafe creme because they don't make coffee like that in america and yeah. the coffee here is incredible <laughs> <It> is. <Yeah. laughs> so yeah. and of course there are people that i that i would miss you know there are many people that i've gotten to know since being
1: here that i that i would miss if i left did you manage to start having like swiss friends
0: Um, actually I had breakfast with a Swiss friend this morning. Um, it's tough. It's really, really tough. The, I can count on just a couple fingers, my Swiss friends, and it is different with them. I mean, for example, the friend that I had breakfast with this morning, I've known her for two or I guess three years and she's come to my house many times and she's never once invited me to her house. And I actually pointed this out to her this morning. I said, I want you to know, (laughs) (laughs) because we're good enough, I like her enough, and and we're friendly enough that I can say things like that to her. I said, I want you to know that, you know, you've never once invited me to your home. And she was kind of horrified. um, (laughs) It's interesting, huh? It is interesting, because she didn't really realize. She didn't really realize that she had never invited me into her home. And so we got talking about it, and she said, you know, you're absolutely right. I think... It's almost like I have this Swiss realm and this home realm that is utterly and completely Swiss. And then I have my theater realm with my theater friends, and they are from all over the world. Mm-hmm. And because you're part of that realm, it's not that I purposefully exclude you from my Swiss realm. It's just that it literally never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, you know, if you're making Swiss friends, it's, it's definitely a challenge. They do not let you in as quickly it takes um, time,
1: but I think from my experience, because uh, I lived in Lyon and it's a very similar, okay. yes, uh, yes. To, it's in the border. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what I've learned is that they take a lot of time to give you their trust. It's just part of yes. the culture. But then yes. once they give it to you, it's for life. Right. You know, right. it's like there is no, nothing that can break you. It's mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. life. And I've never,
0: I haven't gotten that far. I haven't experienced no. um, a friendship with a Swiss person that's, other than my husband, obviously, that's that close. Um, But I have to say, I mean, my husband continues to surprise me because in some ways he's a very typical Swiss (laughs) man. And then in other ways he's completely not. You know, he's got to be one of the most laid-back, flexible people I know. Mm -hmm. And that's totally (laughs) un-Swiss.
1: So what does he think about your opinion, what you've been explaining about what's been challenging for you in the the Swiss culture? How does he perceive it? I think
0: in the beginning it was a little bit surprising for him because he just, you know, he's never known anything else really. So, you know, he he doesn't really know what the alternatives are. He did study in America for a year. He studied outside of San Francisco for a year and he absolutely loved it. And, And I'm really glad he did because I think that's part of why he was more open to, you know, to getting to know me. And when I take him back to the States, he definitely does sense a big difference in how warm and friendly and open people are just upon first meeting, you know, random strangers in the street that will really genuinely open themselves to you. Yeah. So I think he understands where I'm coming from. And he also enjoys it when he's there. He enjoys how welcoming my friends are to him and how they absolutely bring him into the fold without question. Yeah. Um, so I think more and more he's, he understands and he sees, he sees me struggle with things and he, 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 when it's hard for me, I think, I think it's hard for him too. I think it makes him sad. You know, on the other, on the other hand, he's never really lived anywhere else long term. So for him, he just has his good memories of his Swiss childhood. So it's hard for him to understand why I would worry yeah, about
1: anything in Switzerland. It isn't a little paradise there, you know.
0: <laughs> it's, you know, it's, it's, it is in some ways, it's, but it's also kind of a little bit Disneyland. Like it's almost too perfect in some ways. Are you you know, you want you want to see something edgy or rough or wild or you know, inspired or passionate, and it, that's that's tough to find.
1: Funny that you say that. <laughs> because my husband is Austrian, and Austria and Switzerland are very similar countries. Yes. Like, I love Austria. And, yes, but. I remember he was so proud taking me through the villages and taking me to these perfectly like beautiful houses where the wood is parallel <laughs> and, and the grass is so nicely cut and yes. and it was like and after one hour driving I was like, Oh my god, it's just so annoyingly beautiful. <laughs> like too perfect. I guess th- this is the charm of our world is this diversity of what can- you can find and the type of beauties and uh, yes and yes. and it's very interesting to see how when we travel the world we perceive things differently. Absolutely. And our references I think it's almost confusing somehow for me right now I don't know about you to at the end of the day know what I really like. Yes. Because I've learned to adapt and to yes. appreciate everything I go into. Yes. And now I have if, it's difficult for me to know what do I want. Do I want a neat country or do I want a messy country? I always yes. say, you know, we can't have, we can't have excitement and order at the same time. That's right. If That's you right. want excitement, then go to a messy place. If you want order and, and and very good quality of life with no burdens, then then go to a place that it's. Ex- Extremely ordered, so yes,
0: so it's hard to. Well, choose. and I find myself to, when, you know I'm here, I am trying to project into the future what my children would want or what my children will feel more comfortable with, based on their personality. Um, I, I tend to think that expats who are very introverted are more comfortable in Switzerland. But people who are very extroverted are not as comfortable because they need feedback from those around them. Mm. So when, you know, for, I'm so extroverted, obviously, and when I'm out and about in Switzerland, it, it bothers me that, I, that people don't connect, whether it's on the subway or in the store. Everybody has their kind of personal distance and they have walls up and it, it's hard to connect with people. And that's very hard for me as an extrovert. But if you're an introvert, you probably actually really appreciate that. Mm. And and perhaps if if you are super introverted and you live in a, in New York it might drive you insane that everybody's always talking to you. <laughs>
1: so true. Very interesting. So, are you planning now what's your plans now are you planning to stay there you obviously do have a nice life in, in switzerland despite the like cultural differences yes um yes. is it a place where you want to stay and or are you planning now to take your husband and get him to experience something else
0: yes you know honestly i i wish i knew clearly what i wanted it's it's I've always known what I've wanted my entire life, and that's, that's driven me. And for the first time in my adult life, at age 41, I am sitting here thinking, gosh, I'm not entirely sure what I want. Because if I was 100% sure that we belonged back in America, then, then, I, would, then I would make that happen. Hmm. But I'm not 100% sure. Hmm. And on any given day, I waver wildly back and forth um and also a lot of it has to do with career for me so I am no longer in a fixed position in St. Gallen and I want to go back to being a freelancer but as a freelancer you can pretty much live anywhere definitely and and then also as in addition to being a freelancer I just finished my doctorate and I would like to start looking for professorships um professorships that allow me to still travel and sing doctorate in what in music, in
1: vocal performance. Oh, congratulations. <laughs>
0: Thank you. So, yeah, so I, I love teaching. I absolutely adore teaching singing. Um, I also teach yoga, and I love to integrate the two. And so I'm, I'm opening myself up to professorship teaching jobs both here in Switzerland and in the United States. And we'll see what comes up and, and I guess, take it as it comes. Uh, as you know, the United States is enormous, so it's, it's not even a question of do I move back to the United States. I might be moving – if I get a job, I might be in Kentucky. I might be in Washington State. I mean, it could be anywhere. So that's sort of another issue because I can tell you as a as a coastal person, if you – travel to the Midwest or the South, you also feel
1: like an expat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Well, there will be some culture shocks you will experience, I'm sure, once you're back. <laughs> for sure, for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you, you're you still singing, right? Oh, yes, I am always singing. <laughs> where, where can we hear you? Do you have any shows coming up?
0: Um, I have some concerts coming up in the United States, in New York, and... Uh, and then that's about it right now because I sort of abruptly stopped my fixed job in St. Gallen. And when, when I was there, I, I was absolutely owned by the theater. So I wasn't able to audition. I wasn't able to travel very much. Um, and then I had my two babies. So I've had a little bit of a break now, and and then I'm going to be diving back into concert work and operas and, oh, okay. and
1: teaching, hopefully. Okay, great. So before we say goodbye, Alison, is there one advice you could share with our friends and Nomad Nation on, you know, how to try to make, despite having a space to be grumpy, <laughs> yeah. and that's great. Uh, besides, you know, how, what's the next step? What would you uh, recommend to expats to make the best out of their experience abroad?
0: Well, I think that surrounding yourself with people you genuinely like is probably the most important thing. Uh, we for, you know, when you show up in a new place, you usually reach out to expats Pretty much immediately, and that's a great thing to do. There's always all kinds of expat organizations. Um, But I think it's also important to remember that expats are a cross-section of the general population. And so just because somebody's an expat doesn't mean you're going to really connect to them on a deep level. And I think it's worth really taking the time to get to know as many expats as you can. And and sifting through and finding people that you really feel a genuine connection to, mm-hmm. and those will be those people will be you know your support team in a way,
1: mm-hmm. and um, your new family. They, thingam- ha- they have been your family when you gave birth, actually.
0: Yes, absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. And and you see that happening so much in these in these online groups, these Facebook groups and meetup groups, where people really step up and help each other in the, in ways that maybe their neighbors won't, or you know their their family won't. So that, I think, is also really important.
1: Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because we have this debate. I mean, since I've been all my life an expat, and the debate has been always present in my life, how much effort you have to put in not, try, in not only sticking to expats, but also meeting with locals and mingling yes, and not yes. staying in this bubble. What do you think? In the bubble. That?
0: I You know, I think it's really tricky. When I first got here, uh, my bubble was the theater, those theater people. And theater people are totally international. And I met lots of Swiss people, but only in the audience, basically. Um, And then when I started thinking about raising my children here, I thought, you know, it doesn't seem really like a good idea to remain in just a bubble. If we're going to stay here, I want my children to feel really comfortable and integrated and connected. Uh, and that means that I need to make the effort, too, to really reach out to, you know, Swiss people and, and get to know uh, and make more Swiss friends. But to be honest, I found that really challenging. And, and so this is an issue that I kind of go back and forth on. On the one hand, I don't feel great about living my life in a bubble. On the other hand, um, I find that Swiss culture is particularly difficult to break into, mm-hmm. given the this really difficult Swiss-German dialect and the culture. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, what I'm having to do is kind of have a mix of approaches. I'm letting myself off the hook for spending lots of time with expats and investing a lot in my expat friendships. That's, that's what I'm doing because that fills my soul and makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm also sort of step-by-step step making sure that I'm open to you know, having Swiss friends and making connections with Swiss people along my way. Um, for example, you know, when you start, if you have children, it's a little easier because you bring your children to, the, to daycare or to school, and there you have an opportunity to get to know some more local parents. And so I've tried to reach out and have a couple playdates, and, and it's not easy, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially with my, you know, sort of intermediate-only uh, German. But, but it's, I think it's definitely worth it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you. That was great. Before we say goodbye, I would like us to both say a big, big uh, greetings to our friends in Grumpy Expat.
0: Absolutely. I'm yeah. very grateful to this community. It's uh, a wonderful community of supportive people. And uh, I'm really, really glad that that people keep coming together to support each other. It's it's, it's. It surpassed my expectations. Wonderful. How can Nomad
1: Nation find you?
0: Well, you can find me uh, at, if you look for Grumpy Expat on Facebook, you can look at that group. And then also my email is Trainer at gmail.com. And that's A-L-I-S-O-N-T-R-A-I-N-E-R. And my website is www dot com.
1: so nomad nation do not hesitate join us in grumpy expat on facebook and if you're interested in alison's great talent in singing please go to her website or contact her if you need her uh, alison again many many thanks this was so much fun to do this with you
0: <laughs> my pleasure thank you so much
1: Nomad Nation, don't miss any of the great inspiration, tips and insights that we'll prepare just for you. Go to tandemnomads.com and sign up for the newsletter.